this holiday. Buddha man, Yoda man. When you can bring home the ultimate Jedi master in the biggest lightsaber wielding adventure ever. Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Plus, this DVD is jammed with over six hours of even more fun and excitement you can watch again and again. Star Wars Episode 2. Yoda Demand, available on DVD and VHS, rated PG. Alright, hello, hello Star Wars fans and Move Milkers. Welcome to episode 8 of Blast Points. Uh, I am here with Gabe. Gabe, how's it going? It's going good. So a lot has happened in the last week in the world of Star Wars. Uh, or has it? Has it really? Yeah, no, really, it has. Yeah, yeah, there's always something. But so we have something that happened in the last week of Blast Point where we have to we have to apologize for. Yeah, we made a mistake. <laughs> We're pretty close to perfect, but not completely perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got something so horribly wrong that we've barely been able to sleep at night. Yeah, it's been a rough couple weeks. So. When we were talking about the new Darth Maul figure, the old master figure, we were talking about his legs, and we thought he had new legs, but those are actually the legs he got in Clone Wars. So if you go back to Season 5, Episode 14, Eminence, he got those legs from Death Watch. So we were mistaken. We apologize so greatly. We've been scolding ourselves all week. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you for sticking with us through this very hard period. Yeah. It's so a learning process. It's a, we're, we're still new, folks. We're still new. So, so episode eight is filming. Get brother, beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode eight. It's now entering. It's about what the third week of filming. It sounds about right. It sounds about right. So they're filming in a place, a name that no one can pronounce. Not even I don't yeah. think the people that live there can pronounce yeah. it. Is it Darvrick? Darvrick. Wasn't that the Wolfman's name? Yeah. <laughs> From the cantina? Yeah, I think it was. Isn't yeah. it? The special edition? Uh, no, it wasn't the special no, edition. That no, was the original, the original edition. The yeah. Wolfman. The, yeah, he, got, he got taken out in the special edition. Yeah. Wiped out. <laughs> um, so there's basically, everybody's all week has been talking about and posting pictures of arches being built over doors, right? Yeah. Space doors. Space doors. Pretty much space doors. And then there were little, like, space panels put on the space doors. And everybody got real excited about the space panels. Yep. And pictures of Mark Hamill and his family and his beard. <laughs> Going out and about at Cambridge. Cambridge pointing at the camera. Yep. Um, I think... I think he gave a speech about his hair. Uh, please, God, I hope so. You know, the pictures uh, in Devrevrick, um, it looks, you know, it, the first thing it reminded me of was the uh, the whole abandoned exotic city thing from Force Awakens. Oh, from the con uh, the concept art book? Yeah, the con it was in the concept art book, and then um, some of the art from that they showed in the Disneyland the Disney Parks mm. thing. Yeah, the new Disney stuff. How it looked like a city. Like, all of that was kind of like, well, I know I'm just going off, like, some space doors. But it looked like something not unlike what is, is in some of that uh, 
exotic city art. Yeah, you're right. Kind of the it's like medieval mixed with sci-fi kind of look. Yeah. It's the big slabs of stone and stuff. I would love I'm love to see like a real production photo, but I wonder when something like that will come. Yeah, I think they're gonna. It's gonna. We're gonna know more about Road Rogue One first. That's true. The it's, mystery of War Rogue One. As far as Episode Eight, I was thinking though that right now is my favorite kind of time in like Star Wars pre-production, like even going back to the prequels, because it's like it just random set building and getting really excited about arches over doors yeah. being built. Well, it's like during Force Awakens when there was like. You could kind of, maybe it was an ad at foot, or maybe it was just a big, like, Oreo cookie or something, and everyone was just <laughs> photoshopping over the picture and drawing charts and plans and trying to figure out what it was. Drawing, drawing fan <laughs> art of what it possibly could be. Yeah. Um, no, these, like, when we have absolutely nothing to go on, but everyone is just freaking out, that's my, these, these are my favorite times. The theories get really wild then. I remember uh, in episode one, Someone just going around the Theed City sets and just taking random photos, like in the dark with a flash camera, like a disposable <laughs> camera with a flash of Theed, yeah. Theed City sets. Yeah, good old days. <laughs> it's working! It's working! There hasn't been much of any... Well, I take that back. There's been some Rogue One stuff this week. Yeah, just little bits. Just a little bit. There was. Did you read the news that there were several trailers floating around being tested? Yeah. And they were trying to figure out the tone. Yeah, and people say it's very dark. Yeah. You know, that's, did we talk about that yet? I think I had that on my notes to talk about at some point. That I wonder if we'll ever get to the point when they don't like try to push a new Star Wars thing. It's being dark. Yeah. Because to me, it's like Star Wars can go dark, but it never felt like, even Empire like isn't a dark movie. You don't know the power of the dark side. And okay. every new movie, it's like, oh, this one's going to be dark. People were saying Force Awakens was going to be dark. Yeah. Which, I mean, with the death of Han Solo, but I still wouldn't even say it's a dark movie. No. No, it goes to dark places at times, but overall it's not, yeah. I'll show you the dark side. So, but it seems like people respond to that, so we'll probably, every Star Wars movie from now on, at some point there'll be the new story about how it's... It's going to be dark. It's going to be dark. Watch out, everybody. It's going to be dark. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about last time about the toy packaging that came out of New York New York City Toy oh. Fair. They didn't have any pictures of that, though, right? It was just, no. a, just a description of it. Yeah, just a description, so who knows the truth. But pretty much everybody's freaking out about saying that on the toy packaging, uh, there's a, a guy in a white cape. So more more uh, reports of the white cape guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm all for white capes i'm all the, whatever anybody in a white cape good guy yeah. bad guy if yeah, I, don't know what, I still remember being excited before episode three when they're like before anyone even knew who grievous was and it was like the new villain's got white armor yeah it's like oh man bring it on <laughs> that sounds dope <laughs> yeah it's armor and it's white <laughs> So, uh, so you watched Rebels this week, right? I did. Yeah, it was good. It was really, yeah, I liked it. All. It was really, I think it was one of the best ones. Yeah, I was really surprised that they turned uh, Agent Callus into such a good, like an interesting character. That you know, he seemed like such a just just a straight up villain for so long, and now I find myself kind of thinking of like where he's going to go, what he's if he's going to end up, you know, 
turning on the on the empire or helping out the, the crew or sacrificing himself to help the crew or something you know which i got to thinking and i got an, i got an, i got an email from one of our loyal listeners ryan thompson and he's he asked you know like is um is callus gonna defect to the alliance and he was wondering if callus is Maydeen. I don't know, but maybe I don't know. <laughs> Keep growing that beard. Just grow that middle part of the beard. And... Yeah, yeah. That's the secret. Maidine's hair was really his sideburns that he cut off and glued on his head. <laughs> <laughs> They're like that way. The Empire will never recognize you. No, no, no one will know my true scent, my true form. Yeah, it's um, in the rebel, the witness protection program. But I can't help thinking, like, so season three. Is probably going to lead into Rogue One, where yeah. they already started it, where they got their first glimpse that the Empire is building some kind of orbital space weapon station in in this episode. That's no moon. It's a space station. So I wonder if Callus, when he does defect to the Rebel Alliance, because it almost seems like a given now, if he's going to be like, look... I can tell you where to go to get the plans for the Death Star. I can tell you what's going on with the Death Star. Yeah. You know what? That's, I didn't even think about that because we talked about that a little bit. How it seemed like they're, they're setting up the that the Rebels crew is going to be the ones that discover the Death Star, which kind of leads into Rogue One. But I didn't even think about the fact that it may be, that might be what pushes Callus to defect, that maybe it's even too much for, the, for him to handle. Yeah. Them destroying whole planets. Because you would think if... And not only if if the rebels are going to have spies, that they have they have to have someone on the inside to give them information about the Death Star before they even go about stealing the plans. I would think. Yeah, because they have to even know what it is and what it's capable of to know that it's something that they have to have this suicide mission to get the plans for. Right. And as in by a new hope, they haven't used it yet and blown anything up that anyone knows about. No, not at all. Yeah, and I, I can't help thinking, too, that once probably the Ghost crew, once they probably discover the Death Star, that that will unite all the different rebel cells. Right, because, yeah, up to that point, it was just kind of like, oh, my planet's you know occupied, I don't like it, or your planet, or it's, that's a galaxy-wide threat for them to have a reason to team up. Yeah, and you'd hope and then they bring in the rebel cell that has the X wings and the one that has the Y wings. Yeah, and then they have the B wings. Maybe good... they'll be in the Rogue One. Oh, I hope, I hope so. I jump out a window. <laughs> good thing movie theaters don't have windows. <laughs> <laughs> Throw my shoe through the window. Yeah, you have to bring your own window to jump through. Get two seats, put the window in between it. The galaxy explodes. The Rebels return. You can relive it all with Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. The fleet's diving in a hyperdrive. Got a moment. New B-Wing fighters and B-Wing pilot action figures, each sold separately. Batteries not included. Asteroid belt, lowering wings. Hold on tight. Test our laser cannon. Check. Gyro cockpit stable. Now for some evasive action. We're home free. New B-Wing fighter and B-Wing pilot action figures, each sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. I think I'm ready for B-Wings. I'm ready for, I mean, I was even thinking, what about a snow speeder, but not on snow? Could a snow speeder, like, do ground yeah. combat? Like, a snow speeder can't go into space, but a right. snow speeder... but they weren't snow speeders, that's why they had to, uh, they didn't work right away, remember? They had to adapt them to the cold. God damn it, you're right. So they, they weren't made to be snow speeders, they were, like, I don't know, 
Not snow speeders. Ground speeders. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe there's... Right, because wasn't the... on some desert or some kind of dirt planet, right? Because there was the X-Wing crash. Yeah. That's all, that's all we know about Rogue One, some kind of dirt planet. Yeah, there's a dirt planet. There's a planet that has ground and sky. And at some point they go to space. Let's hope so. They have to. They're going to go to the Death Star. Unless, no. the Death Star's, unless they park the Death Star on a planet somewhere. They <laughs> could. Man, if they have the Death Star like just like floating in the ocean somewhere, I might... I might find a window to jump out of. <laughs> Bring a window to the movie theater. Yeah. Put it in front of your seat and jump through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or just break glass over my head. Because, <laughs> I mean, that was the crazy stuff right in the concept art book where they were going down that whole story route of, like, going underwater to the ruins of the second Death Star. Oh, that killed me. Yeah. That killed me. I, so, I had to, like, close the book. And just stare off into space after I read that for a little bit. <laughs> you had to go take a bath. <laughs> a really hot shower. Yeah, just let it soak in. <laughs> Make a fist in the shower. Ooh, thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and what happened to all the Geonosians? They left that hanging. Oh, that was, yeah. I was kind of, it's, I was really sad that they're maybe all dead. I was too. But then, but at least you know if they if they're not in Rogue One, they at least went out of their way to justify it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or I think was I was telling you like maybe or they're on that planet with the with Zeb's old lady friend <laughs> and all, and all the rest of his his species. The the planets that the rebels show does not have the budget to show you. Yeah, yeah. Maybe season four we'll see the planet with uh, all the rest of Zeb's family and the Geonosians hanging out having a barbecue. <laughs> I think that leads into um, probably what is our, our first order of business, right? The uh, Our celebration of one of our favorite films in the Star Wars saga, Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Star Wars Episode 2 is the must-see film of the summer. Now, relive the excitement. Hold on! Relive the adventure. The fun all over again. <laughs> and starting out with the one everybody loves. You know, I like to think so. <laughs> it's everybody's favorite Star Wars movie, right? I, right? It is, yeah, I think so. It's my favorite. It's at the top of everybody's list, right? Right. <laughs> it's, it's at the top of my list. <laughs> So I mean, well, my credibility is going out the window, but it's it's my favorite. It's been my favorite since two thousand two. The Star Wars Podcast Awards are going to revoke that uh, best production design, best yeah. editing. If you go to iTunes right now, all the stars are going away. <laughs> it's like Back to the Future. The photograph is disappearing. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh oh no, not Attack of the Clones. So, so I think there are points to be made. They, like, okay, we can admit if somebody hates Attack of the Clones out there, that's fine, and we're probably not going to change your mind. No, and it's totally understandable. It's totally understandable because we're not saying it's the best Star Wars movie ever made, but we're saying that's definitely the most outrageous Star Wars movie. Oh, by far. This is outrageous. It's outrageous. This is outrageous.
And even though it's my favorite, yeah, I'll admit it's not the best, maybe. No. If I have to pick one to watch, if I could only ever watch one ever again, it would be episode two. Episode two, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would that even include, like, future Star Wars films? Like, you're not allowed to see episode eight, but you can only watch Attack of the Clones from now on? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> It's, yeah, it's like, let's make a deal. I might take, you know, the door that I know, door number two, episode two. <laughs> I know it'll, it'll never, it'll never hurt me. Yeah, I can go home happy. I might miss out, you know, but I'd be more sad if I never could see it again. And I can't imagine the Star Wars movie ever being that crazy again, too, because it's like pure 100% just goofy Lucas. From beginning to end, the most outrageous Star Wars movie ever made. Yeah. Non-stop. Because it, it's almost like, and I think he even says this in interviews, it's like, he kind of knew what he needed to do for Phantom Menace, and he had, like, things he wanted to tell people, and he knew where it was going with Revenge of the Sith, where the story had to go. But in the middle, he just kind of didn't really have anything specific he wanted to do. So he just filled two and a half hours with just every crazy thing he could think of. This one does have a love story, which is quite a bit different. And um, it's, you know, the necessary part of the plot that's being told of Anakin's journey. Uh, and um, uh, that was challenging in its own way because Star Wars films have a tendency to be very action-oriented and to be able to, you know, slow down a little bit and tell a love story in the middle of it uh, was, a, you know, a challenge to be able to make that happen. But I think we pulled it off pretty well. <laughs> the, possibly the most beautiful love story ever put on film. Yeah, yeah. Attachments. Forbidden. Possession is forbidden. Compassion, which I would define as unconditional love, is central to a Jedi's life. And so you might say that we are encouraged to love. I don't even know where to start. Uh, <laughs> it's like we're just. So I, I will say this: that even people, so even people that maybe dis attack the clones, rightfully so. Uh, I listened to when when I rewatched this movie, uh, or Attack of the Clones, this or earlier this week to get ready. I watched the whole thing on headphones, and I'll tell you the sound design in this movie, like especially on headphones, is just as bonkers as everything else in the movie. Like especially starting out on the opening, like uh, Padme's Naboo cruiser that she's coming down on. That thing sounds crazy. Like, it sounds like a car with, like, its muffler, like, falling out. Yeah. It's like, yeah. coming down onto Coruscant. Yeah. Yeah, all the sounds. And then the uh, the, the speeder chase through the city stuff where Ben Burt was like, I tried to use musical instruments for all the sound effects. So. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it was, like, just Ben Burt going crazy. Because what is it, the speeder that Zam's in is, like, a good... He's just, like, sliding his fingers on a guitar string. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> when Zam's speeder, like, goes into, like, that that building hallway thing that other space cars are going through. And literally, you can't tell what's the sound of Zam's speeder or if it's, like, actually someone playing guitar. Because it's, like... Yeah. <laughs> well, and remember, this is the... In the original score, right, uh, John Williams actually had like shredding guitar solos in it too. <laughs> it's a crazy. It just it's still the craziest thing. Yeah, I feel like, like from every, top to bottom. I feel like every time I listen to Attack of the Clones score, 
I forget about that guitar. And then always just like, oh, what the hell is that doing in there? My, I think the all-time favorite scene, I guess we'll just jump around, is the Dooku on the speeder. I could watch Dooku on the speeder on loop for the rest of my life. I would say that Christopher Lee riding on that little space bike on through a green screen desert and when, like, when he motions for the other two Geonosian ships to kind of go around him, kind of like, no, 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 pass me, pass me. Yeah. <laughs> That's possibly one of the craziest images ever in a Star Wars movie yeah. ever, with his cape flowing behind him. Yeah. Yeah, because it's basically, you know, 80-year-old Christopher Lee with a cape on a space motorcycle <laughs> flying in a desert with, with a completely serious, like, it's like there's nothing goofy about that scene. It's a totally straight, serious scene. That's the thing with all of Attack of the Clones. It's like the only thing you could say that's borderline goofy, almost played for laughs, kind of, is Dexter Jetster, but not really. Oh, no, I take yeah. that. I No, wait, Gabe, I take that all the way back. Because we can't ignore 3PO's finest moment. <laughs> where suddenly, it's like from the droid factory chase on, 3PO is the king of all jokes. What's all this noise? A, a battle! A, there's been some terrible mistake. I'm programmed for etiquette, not destruction. Yeah, he's a stand-up comic adventure hero. <laughs> <laughs> Like I would yeah. love if someone re re edited Attack of the Clones and just put a little drum little comedy drum thing after every three PO line. <laughs> now where do you take me? This is such a drag. I think I told you last time I watched the movie with my daughter who she'll watch Star Wars, but she's not super crazy about it. She loved that whole part. That was like her favorite part of the whole movie, is all the three PO stand up. <laughs> she was just she couldn't stop laughing. What were you? Were you like, well, okay? Yeah, I was like, I, I can't blame her. <laughs> it's comedy gold. It's comedy it, it, gold. Three yeah. PO is always comedy gold. That's why he's gold. Because <laughs> he's coded in comedy. <laughs> oh man! It starts. I mean, right away, it starts out outrageous, where the Palpatine uh, looks like a corpse in the movie. And he gets a little hologram from a little Rodian. Yeah. And then Askak says, (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then shortly after that, it cuts to the elevator ride with Obi-Wan and Anakin. Ah, beautiful scene. With the beard. I think we talked about the beard before. We have talked about this before. The the rough beard. (laughs) The glued-on beard and that ocean wave hairdo. Yeah. Have you ever, like, when you rewatched it again recently, have you ever noticed how how really kind of crazy, I mean, all the Star Wars movies are kind of crazy in their colors, especially the prequels, but Attack of the Clones is really crazy with the colors, especially oh. all that Coruscant stuff. It's over the top, yeah. Well, it's, I think that's the exciting thing, too, is, like, it's really the first big budget digital movie and I'm kind of glad it was Lucas doing it because he just went nuts with it and like pushed the colors as extreme as you could yeah because just that first couple scenes in Palpatine's office it's like the uh, the Twi'lek ladies are like neon colored blue and green and Yoda super green and the office is super bright red yeah it's like 
watching candy. It's almost like a speed racer levels of color. The next thing I wrote down is Obi-Wan jumping out a goddamn window. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like Qui-Gon sticking his sword through a door and melting a hole in the door. That was pretty outrageous in Phantom Menace. But for Attack of the Clones, Obi-Wan just had to one-up him. And yeah, literally, no no hesitation. He just dives out of a window. <laughs> <laughs> Head first, too, if, Head, I'm not, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, does he even use his lightsaber to, like... No. To, like, loosen up the window? That's just, like, force headbutt through the glass. <laughs> no, he doesn't do a force push on the glass or anything. No. Well, he does a force push out of his head. <laughs> That's going to be us if there's B-Wings in Rogue One. Yeah. yeah. Head first through the screen. <laughs> I'm out of here. I can't handle this. Are you all right, my lady? And then a little oh. while later, Anakin jumps right out of the speeder. Yeah, like it's nothing. No. Which, which is funny. I think Lucas talks about that in the commentary. He was like, oh, I just wanted you know, to show it's no big deal for the Jedi. It's a, an average day for them. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do this kind of stuff all the time. It's just like being inside George Lucas's head. <laughs> it's a scary place. There's bright colors. It's, it's weird. It's weird. People don't realize it's actually a soap opera. And it's all about family problems and that kind of, it's not about spaceships. It's outrageous stuff happening left and right. Left and right. Um, if you think about it too much, it might not make sense. No, definitely. I think it may... Attack of the Clones' story may make the least sense of, I think, all the Star Wars movies. Yeah, and... <laughs> elaborate on that, please. I, I think it's just the whole... The psycho clone army, that whole middle section... If you just watch the movie, it's fine. But if you stop and think about what actually happened, I still can't wrap my head around what exactly was supposed to have happened. But right. I don't care. Because <laughs> as, as soon as they hit the arena, it's kind of like the lightsaber fight in Force Awakens. It's like, as soon as you get to that part of the movie, I just switch into giggle mode, and the first hour just melts away. And even, like, you know, in season six of Clone Wars... They spent like a good. They, you know, there was the whole Sifo-Dyas kind of what happened episode that really that kind of clears it up. Yeah, but, but at the time in the movie, it doesn't really clear it up. No, and it's funny because like I was talking to somebody last week who still hadn't done Clone Wars, and I was like, you know, the whole Sifo-Dyas thing. They explained that, and they was like, oh, really? I've always wondered about that. Yeah, if someone never watched Clone Wars, still to this day, they'd be like. What the hell was Sifo-Dyas? What what was all that about? Because everybody th- everybody thought that in episode three that would be explained. Yeah. Well, they even say it in the in the director's commentary for Attack of the Clones. Like, don't worry, we'll explain that all in episode three. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they never nope. did. Nope. Star Wars electronic lightsabers. Which side will you choose? The side of Anakin Skywalker or the dark side of Darth Tyrannus? With clashing sounds and light-up blades, the Force is in your hands with Star Wars electronic lightsabers, each sold separately. I guess I'm crazy because there's so much good stuff in this movie. Uh, So I wrote down, is Anakin creepy in Attack of the Clones? Yes. (laughs) From the moment I met you, all those years ago, not a day has gone by when I haven't thought of you. And... (laughs) And I actually have, what do I have here about that? 
well, first off, Anakin is an Orlando, basically. <laughs> He's not a smooth talker. Not a smooth talker. Not, no. Not by any stretch of the imagination is Anakin Skywalker a smooth talker. The thought of not being with you. I can't breathe. Yeah, he's a little... He's a little rough around the edges. (laughs) But I think the thing that's interesting to me with the prequels that I don't think people talk about enough is like, in the original trilogy, everyone's like, okay, Luke Skywalker's kind of like young George Lucas, and it's kind of from him growing up in California and all that stuff. But to me, like, prequel Anakin, I think, is like totally based on grown-up Lucas, where he's still goofy, he's still kind of creepy, and he basically... Turns to the dark side by making the original trilogy and like basically ruining his family. Like it's it's all kind of there, which kind of leads into the whole like Anakin's really awkward and kind of creepy. But I think it's to Lucas that was intentional. Maybe that's how it went with him and Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> yeah, it's that whole scene is exactly right. All <laughs> I never based, thought about that. It's all based on it's all true. It's, it's it's true. All of it. All of it. It's all true. Lin- Lucas, Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> I thought it was a myth. Yeah, you heard it here first on Blast Points. <laughs> Anakin Pam relationship based on Lucas and Linda Ronstadt. Yeah. And we have no evidence to back that up. But it's totally true. Now, an, one returning character in... Uh, who actually is in all three of the prequels, but... He has maybe one of his finest moments in uh, Attack of the Clones is C.O. Bibble. Oh, yeah, the Bibble. <laughs> the Bibble. The Bibble. A little bit of Bibble. <laughs> this is outrageous. It's outrageous. This is outrageous. <laughs> Pretty oh. much all he says in the movie is, it's unthinkable, it's outrageous. <laughs> what do you think, Master Jedi? Oh, the Bibble. And the, the crazy thing, too, is remember, he was... He was filming like a real movie somewhere, so he's totally blue screened in. <laughs> he, he's like not on the seat in the set with any of those people at all. And they even talk about how they made a, st- a fake step for him so he could so a blue screen version of him could walk down the stairs. <laughs> because it was so important to have Seal Bibble say it's unthinkable. But Newt Gunray, Newt Gunray is still in the. They were right though. I would have noticed if Bibble was missing. I would have too, because then he would have showed up at the end. He because he's at, he's at Padme's funeral, still rocking the crazy beard. Yeah, Naboo style, <laughs> or or uh, Luke. Or, that was actually, I think, watching the commentary again. I forgot how Lucas just calls it Naboo. <laughs> They're going back to Jakku. Yeah, I gotta get back to Jakku. I gotta get back to Naboo. <laughs> beginning of the separatists the wonderful table scene with all the just most outrageous of the outrageous characters <laughs> so it, i it, they feel like everyone is everyone's still when no matter when you watch it you're taken back by watt timber no matter what your age your where you're coming from and life you're, everyone is shocked and awed by watt timber yeah. but then being shocked and awed by watt timber while understandable you could miss Horseman. Yes. The Black Horseman? Yeah, who is Horseman? Oh, I think about him every time. He never got a figure. I don't think they ever gave him a name. He's just in that one shot, just hanging out. Maybe he didn't sign the treaty. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so so they, just, they cut him out of the movie. You're not going to sign the treaty, you're out. Him him, and uh, the actor that played Panaka are going to be doing like the men who, who didn't make it to the next movie tour or something. <laughs> 
Because I even got out, I got out, I dug out my old Attack of the Clones visual dictionary, thinking like, well, for sure, Horseman is going to be in that. No. Visual dictionary. No, he's not in that. Who is Horseman? Yeah. We got to get our detectives on it. I know. <laughs> so, loyal listeners, please give us more information on who is Horseman at the Separatist table. Yes. If they've made it this far in the episode. Chances are they haven't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're making fun of me. Mm, no, no. I'd be much too frightened to tease a senator. <laughs> possibly, I okay, I would say that the grassy field scene is possibly... The weirdest dialogue exchange in any Star Wars movie ever. Yeah. Like, that could be the beating heart and soul of Attack of the Clones, that grassy hill scene. Yeah. The romantic politics speak. (laughs) The whole, like, that that would be a dictatorship, but who would lead them? Yeah. But we do hear about Paolo. Yeah, we had And how dreamy he was. Yeah. I love Anakin. Well, what happened to him? <laughs> he became an artist. Did you ever read on Attack of the Clone or in Clone Wars? Uh, Dave Filoni was saying he was going to bring back Palo one yeah. day. Yeah, they were going to bring him back. He was going to be uh, what was that guy's name? And it was in season six, right? Yeah. Or it was going to be Palo. The Clone the Clone Wars crew knew what was up. <laughs> it's time to bring in Palo. It's, yeah, I want to see his it's, art. Yeah. Was, oh. he, was he doing paintings of Padme? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best episode of Clone Wars ever. Like if there was like a space art show and Anakin went to it. <laughs> and it's just all like semi-nude <laughs> charcoal drawings of Padme. <laughs> oh. Why do they have to cancel Clone Wars? <laughs> Um, Anakin riding on a on a shock. The shock. <laughs> it's so good. It's good. And then them rolling around, just rolling, <laughs> just just rolling around on each other, laughing. Ha 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 ha. Why do people hate Attack? Why do people not like Attack of the Clones? Yeah, it's just taunting you. You can't handle it. You think you like Star Wars? You can't handle it. <laughs> We're going to see how much you really like Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and even like the land, it's like the most, the biggest waterfalls you've ever seen ever. Ever. Like the whole screen is just waterfalls. And then they even talk about that too, where they like, there were so many waterfalls that realistically you wouldn't even be able to hear them talking. No. They, <laughs> they <laughs> so would, they just, in the soundtrack, took the waterfalls out. They would be yelling at each other about a dictatorship. While we're talking about the uh, the love story at the at the lake house too, Anakin's CG hand is outrageous because not only is the movie itself insane, the making of the movie is as insane as the movie. Because there's the part before he touches her back where they thought it was like too drastic for him to just like go from chit chatting to touching her back. So they so ILM filmed somebody else's hand. Touching her hand. <laughs> you remember that? No, I don't. I don't. But I love it. <laughs> okay, 
Okay, so yeah, that basically when he touches her hand before he touches her back, that's not Hayden Christensen's hand. That's some dude in ILM. They like filmed a different hand, so he'd be like rubbing her hand before he rubs her back. <laughs> it's like that's Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then they even did the crazy thing with uh, the whole all those romance scenes, like Ben Burt talks about in the commentary, where it was like those weren't even the same takes. Like Padme's dialogue and Anakin's dialogue were from separate takes, and they like layered them on top of each other. And oh. people had to, like, paint out some of the shoulders and stuff because they were from different takes. Well, you can tell. <laughs> you can tell. It's like 20 different conversations going yeah. on. And those are the best two they could get. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, you can't talk about Attack of the Clones without talking about the forbidden fruit. If Master Obi-Wan caught me doing this, he'd be very grumpy. No. Obi-Wan would be very grumpy. <laughs> Space pears. Space fruit, yeah. That's it's really the thing, the overall thing with the love story and Tag the Clones. I can, I can groove with all the crazy Lucas love talk, but even when I first saw it in the theater, in the end when they're going to go into the Geonosis arena, and she is like, I love you. And you know what what what's her quote? I, I truly deeply love you. <laughs> yeah. I I even the first time I was like for real? You do really? Yeah, that's like that's how we all feel. Yeah, because pretty but much that's the, the thing. Once you once you get in the arena, it all melts away. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you just the movie kicks in, and you just start. It's like you're hallucinating for the next forty minutes. Because <laughs> I don't know that last the last forty minutes of clones, the whole arena to the end. For whatever reason, it's like I don't know. I could watch that. Oh, that's my favorite 40 minutes in all the Star Wars movies. It's like, it's just so ridiculous, over-the-top space robot. It's like watching toys fighting. <laughs> I don't know. I love it. I love Every minute of it. I feel like every time I watch it, I notice a new, outrageous background Jedi. Yeah. Doing, doing flying spin kicks and stuff. Yeah. Really slowly, too. Yeah. <laughs> They're, like, so in tune with the Force, they don't even have to move fast. <laughs> We, we we didn't mention Klee Lars. Oh, yeah, Klee. <laughs> like he's so optimistic. He's like waiting for his leg to grow back. You know, well, I can't go look into her. I can wait until I heal. It's like, <laughs> you're, you're, you know, you're missing a leg. Maybe like <laughs> maybe like maybe it's still like an open wound. <laughs> it's like it's not growing back. No. <laughs> I think you're screwed, dude. Yeah. Yeah, where's the Klee Lars standalone? <laughs> it's like Lars and in charge. <laughs> Kathy Kennedy calls a press conference. <laughs> We're happy to announce our next standalone film, Klee Lars, Lars and in charge. Yeah, or it's like you, you kept asking us if the Star Wars TV series was going to be coming back. Well, now it is. <laughs> 
We listened to what the fans wanted, yeah. and they wanted Cleek Lars. Lars in charge. <laughs> Your mother's dead, son. <laughs> Accept it. Yeah. You know, the only thing of all the things weird in Attack of the Clones that kind of bugs me is when Owen says Bruce his girlfriend. <laughs> that just feels really weird to me. But then they did it in Force Awakens with Finn talking about Ray having a boyfriend, which kind of... I guess makes it less weird. I don't know. Boy, so, like the whole the concept of boyfriends and girlfriends in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, just that terminology. Because yeah. it's rare in the Star Wars movies where there's such a earthly terminology used. We should be uh, like like boy noozler. <laughs> you got a yeah. boy a boy noozler? Cute boy noozler. <laughs> this is my girl noozler, Baru. Baru. She's a baruzer. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't get her mad. She's a baruzer. Take you out. <laughs> and now to business. You will be delighted to hear that we are on schedule. 200,000 units are ready with a million more well on the way. That's good news. Camino. Did we talk about Camino? No, yet? we haven't no. mentioned Camino at all. Man. Dad, Tonwee's here. <laughs> Dad, Tonwee's here. The best. Yeah, kid, kid Boba. I don't know. Again, everyone's gonna gonna hate me, but I like Django better than Boba. I'm a Django man. I don't. You know, I wouldn't. I don't think you're alone in that, though. I think there's there's a, <laughs> somebody out there likes Django, right? And, and the best part with Django too is I think in the novelization they refer to him as the Rocket Man. <laughs> Rocket and Man. I think that, yeah. Man. And I think there's a scene where Django and Boba are, are rocket fishing. I, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that in the novel. Yeah. It was touching. It was. Little father-son outdoors action. Yeah. Bonding. Yeah. Also, is there any reason for Zam Weasel to be a shapeshifter? No. No. <laughs> Not at all. It's just... Lucas woke up, woke up after Goofy that day. <laughs> Make her a changeling. <laughs> she can change her face. Yeah. Like, like Manny Faces, He-Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's always my favorite He-Man. <laughs> I love Manny Faces. Manny Faces. <laughs> and I love at the end of Attack of Clones also, the Je- all the Jedi are just like, okay, yeah, we're all generals now, and we're all on these, uh, this is just what we're doing now. Let's go. Yeah. They, they probably watched a video on the way. <laughs> a YouTube video? Yeah, yeah, they were watching the YouTube. Oh, okay, that's what we do. All right. <laughs> but in the end, though, like, that was like the big twist in Attack of the Clones. Like, I don't think I even thought that was going to happen going in. Like, it's like, holy cow, it's like Vader leading the Stormtroopers in the original trilogy, but it's the Jedis leading the Clone Troopers, and they're the good guys, like was a relatively interesting kind of twist of things and it and it is it is because i mean that's maybe we can talk about this another day but just like if if you go into the whole uh ring theory thing a clones is probably the most interesting one when you talk about that of all the just how it's a mirror image of empire strikes back like right from the beginning with the opening shot you know starting upside down of all the other movies and then flipping around Mm -hmm. um we could talk about that for two hours yeah, and it is. It, I mean, yeah, someone could really dissect Attack of the Clones comparing it structurally to Empire. Yeah. 
because it is empire in reverse and upside down ending with the ending with the land battle that's the dry version of the or the warm version of the snow battle at the beginning of empire and tons of stuff like that um and dooku wonderful dooku is basically like evil twin obi-wan wait (laughs) wait how's the evil twin obi-wan it's like Obi Wan from a new from the original trilogy and Dooku are like the same character, just one's evil and one's good. They're like the old Jedi, white beard, white hair. Okay, I get. That. I never thought of that. I get yeah, it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of. It's almost like you have pre Sith Anakin and post Sith Anakin. It's like Obi Wan is and Dooku are kind of mirroring that ahead of time. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. Um, and then Django gets killed because his jetpack malfunctions, just like Boba. Yeah. Which they, wasn't even in the theatrical version. They had to add the sparks in on the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> and something interesting with Attack of the Clones, with <clears throat> if we're going to talk about different versions, that... And I remember telling this to people in 2002, and no one caring whatsoever... But Attack the Clones still stands possibly the most outrageous Star Wars theatrical rollout because at one time, three different versions of that movie were all playing in theaters simultaneously. Yep. You had the theater version, the theatrical version. You had the digital version, which had a longer... uh, It had the robot hand. It had the robot hand and it had the longer, you're not all powerful. Well, I should be. Oh, yeah. And you had the IMAX cut. Yeah. Which, the IMAX cut is super outrageous because, I mean, we all saw it, but and yeah. we all remember like a good half hour or so was cut out of that movie, but no one can remember exactly what was cut out. I remember parts of it were cut out. I know when 3PO falls and the giant droid catches him in the droid factory. Yeah. And, the, and is like shaking him by his legs. I yeah. remember that was cut. It's a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, then that cut doesn't, like, it's not on the DVDs, it's not on the Blu-rays. No. I would love to see that, the IMAX cut, resurface somewhere, someday. Yeah. Well, and it was, they they cropped the aspect ratio, too. It yeah. was in 16.9. Mm-hmm. So it was totally cut up in a different way, visually and, yeah, edit, editorially. Yeah, I just remember seeing it in the IMAX and that elevator scene. The, oh, yes. <laughs> um... <laughs> It was so, like, unnerving because it was real IMAX. Like, the fake IMAX screens hadn't come around yet. Yeah, yeah, it was huge. It was massive, like, giant yeah. fake Obi-Wan beard Yeah. on, like, this massive, massive screen. Yeah, you could smell the glue in the beard. <laughs> Seismic charges. Stand by. Sonic charges. Everybody loves the sonic charges. Uh, a, a seismic, a seismic charge. Seismic charges. Thank you. Yeah, I never seen the movie before. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, everybody loves that. That's in Star Tours. Oh, like there's a whole part of Star Tours where you're being chased by the Slave One, and he's throwing seismic charges at you. Awesome. 
Yeah, like, so when I went on Star Tours, I was like, man, they know just what I like. <laughs> high five. Yeah, high five and random strangers on, in Disney yeah. World. Size with charge. Stay with me, Mom. Everything. I, I love I love I love yeah come on it's beautiful my grown up son <laughs> and now I am complete <laughs> stay with me mom yeah, yeah it's touching mom? her her death when she dies like the most dramatic death maybe ever on screen where that must have hurt her neck. Yeah. Because she rocks that neck backwards. Yeah. She dies hard. She dies. She's like John McClane. <laughs> it is obvious that this contest cannot be decided by our knowledge of the Force, but by our skills with a lightsaber. Well, I don't know. I might be crazy, but it's... With all the flaws, there's just something about Attack of the Clones. It's my favorite. It's like my comfort food at Star Wars movie. I can just put it in at the arena and just sit back and, I don't know, drift away. It's <laughs> 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 a crazy robot clone battle land. The Yoda fight. We didn't talk about the Yoda fight. No, let's, and let's, talk, about, uh, let's talk about when we first saw the Yoda fight. Oh, at Celebration. Yeah. And that was the first, was, you you took off your shoe. I think I took a shoe off, yeah. We were freaking out. Yeah. Everybody was freaking out. Celebration 2, 2002, Indianapolis. Yeah, Celebration 2, losing your shoe. That's <laughs> what you gotta do. <laughs> the Rick McCallum it's, Yo, it's Yoda Dooku. <laughs> <laughs> woo, woo, woo. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. Woo. Um, yeah, Rick McCallum comes out. And they show the fake Spider-Man preview because it was like so, oh, you're so, right. Celebration Two was the same weekend that Spider-Man One came out. You're right. And he was just yeah. like, "Yeah, Spider-Man comes out." How many people saw it? And people were like, "Don't talk to us about Spider-Man. We just want Attack of the Clones." And he's like, "Well, let's play the preview for Spider-Man." And people are like, "No!" And it turns out at the end, it was the Yoda fight. People went nuts. Yep. Yeah, you took off your shoe, and, shook it in the air. Yeah, then we got back in line to watch it again. Yeah, I screamed so loud, I think my throat was bleeding. Yeah. And that's the thing. So many people now like to complain about that scene and say it's dumb and Yoda shouldn't have a lightsaber and he looks like a frog or whatever. But when Attack of the Clones came out in the theater, all those people were going nuts and loved it. Oh, yeah. Everybody loved that part. Well, and that's the thing now, like, even everything Yoda is Yoda with a lightsaber. Yeah. Like, the Disney Infinity Yoda figure is Yoda, like, with a mad face and a lightsaber. Yeah. People liked it. People love mad face lightsaber Yoda. And and racing the roof Yoda. I don't know what I tell you about that. <laughs> the one time I saw it in, in the Dooku pulls the rocks down and Yoda catches them and the guy's like, man, Yoda's raising the roof! <laughs> 
<laughs> I never heard that. Oh, it's like the movie's crazy enough. I didn't need to hear that, but yeah. <laughs> Truly wonderful, the mind of a child is. All right, so we got we've got questions from kids. Let's do it. All right, you ready? Uh, first one is from Danny. He's three years old. Danny is three years old. And it's, it's, a, it's a metaphysical question. Why are there ear, Ewoks? In the movie or in, in, in life in general? I'm, I, I don't have more information. That's all I have. So I'm going to say just in general, why are there Ewoks? Why not? <laughs> because we love I think that's, I think that's a better question. Give me reasons why there should be Ewoks. Yes, why why should there not be Ewoks? Yeah. So Liam, age 11, he's asking the big questions. Who exactly is Ray's family? Who is Snoke? And what species is Maz? Does he want to do blast points now? Yeah, we don't know, we don't know, and we don't know. Yeah. Um, We would like to know. We'd like to know. We're just as curious as you, Liam, age 11, and so is everyone else in the world. Uh, and then Ethan, age 8, asks, why in the seventh film is Luke in it so little? That's what we ask every day, too. And we do. I do think the, the reason they gave when they were writing the script was pretty believable, though, that like as soon as Luke shows up, everybody wants to, everyone wants to know what's Luke doing. He kind of would take over the movie. It would have, yeah. Because, you know, as soon as that hair showed up... It's over. Yeah. It's done. It's done. Freeze fame for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's that's episode 8. We don't have long to wait for episode 8. And uh, we're going to get a lot of Luke Skywalker in that, let's hope. I hope so. Let's hope. Um, we, have a new, we have a new iTunes review. Oh, we do. Yeah, and it's, again, the offer stands for everyone. You leave us a review on iTunes, um, which please do anyways if you're listening on iTunes. It really helps the show out. Leave us a review, and we'll read it on the show. But uh, this could be my favorite one yet. Not worth the 99 cents, says, lock up your women. These dudes are bitching. That could be the best one yet. I think so. I might make t-shirts. <laughs> when we make Blast Points t-shirts, the back of it is going to say, lock up your women. These dudes, These dudes are bitching. These dudes are bitching. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And these Blast Points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial Stormtroopers are so precise. Yeah. And I hope that's not the, the review that gets erased because of Back to the Future. <laughs> I think that's what got nominated us, nom, nominated us in the Star Wars podcast. Yes, yeah, that dude. We interview that dude. <laughs> Thank oh. you. Not worth the 99 cents. <laughs> so, so yeah, leave us a review on iTunes, please. Uh, if you get, if, you know, or just leave us a review on iTunes. Um, and in the meantime, you can talk to us on Twitter. It's blast underscore points. Um, tell us what, what, what you would want to hear a show about. Um, do you agree with us on Attack the Clones? Do you think we're crazy? Let's hear it from the Attack the Clones fans. Let's bring them out of the woodwork, I say, right? Yeah, there's at least two of you out there, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> at least. You can look us up on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, just look up Blast Points. We're on all that stuff. 
And you can read my weekly reviews of Star Wars Rebels on DoomRocket.com. Coming up this week is Goblin Yoda, so you know, you can't miss that. And we'll be back next week with uh, an in-depth interview about one of Star Wars' weirdest things that ever happened in Star Wars history. We're going to go way in-depth and find out how it happened, why it happened, what's the deal with it. So tune in next week, and until then... Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. There is no escape. May the force be with you. You're no match for a Jedi. Give up, bounty hunter! Lock up your women. (laughs) This party's over.